Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cosy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Comedy Arcade, part friendly panel show, part vicious competition, where contestants fight with their best anecdotes on mystery topics generated through a trusty bingo ball. I'm Vince Layton, host of the show, Spirit of the Bingo Balls, and Games Master. Points will be awarded for originality, amusement value, and my general caprice and mood on the day. The contestant with the most points at the end of the game wins, but their opponents will be granted a few cheat codes along the way just to keep it interesting. Right, okay, let's 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 play the game. So welcome to the Comedy Arcade, which is part panel show, part vicious competition. But you guys all look really nice, so I think this is gonna be fun. So for the listeners who can't see your lovely faces, we have the American dream that is Sarah Barron returning Hello. to Comedy Arcade. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> After a, a successful first season showing, we have the lovely comedian writer, and I've been like a social media son of yours for a long long time Juliet Benton how are you I'm very well thank you yeah I've I, this is lovely because we've met on social media but now I'm actually meeting you as a real life person still two-dimensionally but it's lovely yep um the amount of books I have to have under my laptop to try and match the photos I put on social uh it, it's getting bigger and big bigger it's basically I need some cardboard boxes cardboard boxes are my friend at the moment it's okay. We've all got to do what we have to do in the new Zoom world. And last but certainly not least, actor, comic genius, writer, person who knew me when I was much nerdier because um, we went to sixth form together. David Finn, how are you? <laughs> oh. I'm I'm very well. Very well. Thank you. Um, yeah. Jack of some trades, definitely master of none. I don't sure. know. You mastered Jack Black, the School of Rock. <laughs> poor, a poor man's version, maybe, yeah. Yep, you'll yeah. know, you might wonder where you know David from. It's because all of his School of Rock promotional material around London is still up, like, five years later? Oh, yeah, they got their money's worth. They definitely just, got their money's worth. You just haunt me on buses, <laughs> just in case I ever think comedy might make me one of the most successful people from my sixth form. You will pass me on the bus and we're like, no, nah, no, nah, still not. Noel Sullivan went to our sixth form as well, so we're both <laughs> chasing that one. <laughs> I don't know. I think you might have eclipsed him. <laughs> I don't know. I actually took over from him the last time on School of Rock. I, he he was the last person to do that, and then I did it. That's weird. Are they only recruiting from St David's College in Cardiff? Is that a thing? They they are. They were at the end, and then that's what finished it, and that's why it's closed. It wasn't the pandemic. Uh, yeah, it was. No, no, they finished just before the pandemic. 
Uh, yeah, because I was there. I was on the. La- I came to the last week, didn't I? Yeah. That's the last yeah, time we saw week. each other before the world yeah. ended. But um, yeah, now I'm going to ask you some really weird and awkward questions based on a bingo ball full of topics. And awesome. um, yeah, so let's let's start the game. Right. So first topic we've got on the list and it is embarrassing injuries. OK, uh, I'll go. I'll go hard or go home with this. And this is just I'm thinking of this as whatever. I put us all through out of like sheer embarrassment. I also feel like I'm doing us the favor okay. of an ice break. So this is just going hard or going home. Basically my most embarrassing injury is I, uh, listen, I, I'm very comfortable with this. I'm worried about how you guys are going to be. Let's just do it. I didn't learn to wank until I was 17. So when I was 17, I went crazy for a <laughs> On the seventh day of that week, I woke up and my right hand, business hand, was in this sort of like, like what in the States we call like a carpal tunnel syndrome, like a claw frozen because I'd given myself repetitive strain injury from excessive masturbation. My mother knew nothing of this, just saw me at the breakfast table, like with this hand, was worried I'd had a brain aneurysm, rushed me to A&E and I was fitted for a wrist brace, which I had to wear the first week of my senior year of high school. That's my most embarrassing injury. Could you not wank during that time? then I'm sure I wouldn't have been able to. So I hadn't, I haven't even sort of like no one's, I've told that story many times and I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. And you're right. Like, how did I, having finally gotten the taste of what was possible and then the immediate cutoff, I bet I still could wank. I bet I would take, the, it wasn't like I broke my wrist. It was a sprain. So surely I would remove pair back from my usual appetite, but I'm sure it was like still available to me as an option. It's your classic wanker's claw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 had, I had visions of your mum kind of going, oh, wanker claw. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the dinner table. back on it, I'm like, surely the doctor. And I don't think my mother, but I do say, which is probably just the thing I tell myself. But I'm sure the doctor was like, that must be a thing that happens to people. Mm-hmm. This girl told me that she, it happened to her at university, like, and they call it procrastination. So like if to avoid studying for a test, you're like, I should be studying, but I don't want to study anymore. And you just like keep repetitively wanking and you call that procrastination. Right. I'm learning so much from this conversation already. This is a great start. <laughs> I just went in. She was like embarrassing injuries. I was like, shit, I got to go in hard here, don't I? Oh, my dad once off. had carpal tunnel and that's really upsetting news. To be honest, <laughs> for different reason. Yeah, well, could, maybe he was playing. I didn't ask. I I will continue to not ask. Um, right? Anyone? Anyone else? Want to start? I mean, I I don't know if if I'm going to get anywhere near that. But mine my, my embarrassing injuries are usually when I'm when I was much younger and drunk. Um, and this is this is so stupid, laddie nonsense. I was walking home from college one night drunk in London and you know when there's like famous people and everyone knows where they live and so I was walking past this house that was reputed to be Kylie Minogue's house and I was on the phone to my friend and I said oh I'm walking past Kylie Minogue's house and I was, I was really drunk he was like kick it I said what and he went kick it and I just kicked the outside wall of the house and I broke my toe <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well deserved, though. Oh, that will, I mean, that will learn me. It was just, I mean, it was the outside wall of the out, you know, it was like not even in the garden. It was like outside on the street. But I broke my toe on Kylie Minogue's, uh, on her on house, yeah. How long did it take the toe to heal? It was, uh, with the toe, it's kind of difficult because, like, they don't want to put it in a, in a in a cast you just usually go on crutches and they wrap it up it took about six to eight weeks yeah um, yeah I think I broke the reason I'm asking is I think I broke my toe like about a month ago but I didn't want to go you right. know I didn't want to put an added strain on the NHS so I'm like I'm sure that was my toe breaking but I you hear that you just kind of keep on keeping on and eventually your toe is better again were yeah. you kicking Kylie Minogue's house as well I was I was following in his footsteps <laughs> Every time. I know what you mean about like the strain on the on the NHS because I had a similar thing during lockdown um, with this wanking injury. Um, right. <laughs> didn't want to bother them. No, Just you get a grip on it. They don't need to know. <laughs> That's on your medical record. Just a massive, massive uptick during lockdown on these on these wanking injuries. Oh. <laughs> Not enough people are talking about this. Yeah, no, it it's the thing about the struggle. Bring it yeah. into the light, Sarah. Bring it into yeah, the light. No. <laughs> Julia, any um, embarrassing wanking injuries or other? Don't don't feel typecast by that. Okay, yeah. I mean, I I mean, I feel I feel envious because of the wanking industry industry industry. That industry. is open to you, Juliet. Um, <laughs> well, I, just because I, I I didn't discover I, the way the way this is slightly tangential, but um, I my way into wanking was directly through like Anne Summers and the Rampant Rabbit. Um, so go. yeah, I, I I think manual. I'm still in I'm still in awe of people who can do it manually. Acoustic, anyway, if you will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, in terms of embarrassing injuries, um, so I've I've broken one bone once, um, trying very hard to steer away from the word bone there, following on from wanking. But um, I think uh, it was embarrassing, not the injury per se, but the fact that it was done in probably the most middle class way ever. Of we were playing hockey and uh, a girl missed the ball as she went to whack the ball, missed the ball and uh, the stick came up into my face. Um, <gasps> so properly, the kind of like feeling the hockey stick go to the back of the brain. Um, and it was the kind of like blood everywhere. Like later on when I got undressed, it was blood on like every layer of clothes to like the training bra that I was wearing because I was only like 15 at the time. Um, and then like having a face that just was purple for the next few days which is great when you're feeling great as a prepubescent or pubescent girl like having a purple face was just really did wonders for my self-esteem at the time um but the the nice thing was i think i think it might have been my first taste of alcohol because apparently they were washing it with like some water that was by the side of the of the hockey pitch but actually it turned out to be vodka that one of the girls had smuggled onto the (laughs) onto the sports ground so um yeah, I I think that's maybe not embarrassing as such as um just harrowing, terrible repressed memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I'd bring that vibe to the beginning of the show. Good. We've yeah. all come with very different vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I I want to know more about the badass who bought vodka to a hockey game when she was 15. Yeah, I know. I Were they I good people? Did you identify the person that I, I I didn't and now I really regret not not befriending that person immediately so that and then guilt tripping them to mean that I could hang out at their parties that would have been good but no um, yeah that is a, a much cooler genre of 14 15 year olds I remembered 
an equally repressed memory of how I went round when I was in year nine, collecting up all the unwanted Cadbury's chocolate wrappers to try and get tickets to see Tina Turner. Oh, that's cool. No, no, it's funny now through the rearview mirror. But at the time, yeah, I put my dignity aside to experience Tina Turner live. And I got the prize that other people got when the tickets ran out, which was a Tina Turner sweatshirt with the date of the show on it. Oh, that's almost like a slap in the face. Yeah. (laughs) Here's where you could have been. Yep. What price my self-respect sweatshirt in Capri's Purple. I think that's that's really dorky for a year nine kid. But now in hindsight, I think that's resourceful, yeah. um, economic. And I now appreciate the music of Tina Turner. When I was 13, 14 at that age, I would have dismissed her. I much to the beat of my own drum very much. Exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> but Mom, it was just a horrible searing flashback of me like following people around finishing chocolates and being like, you can put that in the bin. Can I have that? Like, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's what I do nowadays just for like regular food. Excruciating <laughs> behavior. Right, are we all out of embarrassing injuries? Sure. Shall we move on? Right. Yes, and the ball is unpopular opinions. Oh, I've got some. <laughs> I, I could go this is this is a category I can go hard in on, okay? Okay. Come on then. okay. We're ready. Right. Firstly, I hate Devon. I really hate Devon. I'm sorry for anyone who's listening or anyone on the call who uh, is from Devon. I just, I really, really hate Devon. Uh, and there's a couple of reasons for this. I also okay, okay. really dislike farming, even though I'm from a farming family. I come from a really long line of farmers. Uh, like my dad is a farmer. My sister, uh, my sister has married a farmer. My mum's dad was a farmer. My dad's dad is a farmer. All four of my nephews want to be farmers. My uncle is a porn star. Sorry, mispronounced that. Farmer. Um, all of them are farmers. <laughs> All of them. And uh, I, don't, I don't really belong on the farm. I've tried dating farmers because apparently that's like the only available option for women in the countryside is you can't be a farmer. You have to date one. And like in the countryside, it feels like women don't have voices. We They just have babies. So I don't like farming, <laughs> which is an unpopular opinion in my family. Um, but in terms of Devon, like, um, so we went to Devon on a family holiday when I was a similar age to when I had the hockey stick in the face. Um, so about 16. So I'd just a year ago been, I'd been uh, in my first um, hospital for, for psychiatric um, con- uh, conditions. So mental health hospitals when I was 15. And that's when the hockey stick boarding school was like, don't come back because mental Ill, Ill health is uh, contagious. So don't come back. Got expelled from, the, from that posh school, which is why I still have this remnants of this accent, even though I have like no money. Um, but catfishing I, us with your poshness yeah I know I know I go I get thrown out of the most expensive restaurants um, but I <laughs> I went to this really posh school they said then don't come back because mental ill health isn't a thing go away now and I was put on Prozac which um, A is now illegal to prescribe to anyone under the age of 24 and B made me feel like a complete zombie uh, who didn't think or feel anything so happy pills they are not I wasn't happy I wasn't unhappy I, you could have told me that Busted had broken up and I wouldn't have cared like that just, well we're uh, coming back to that point um, but <laughs> wait did Busted have broken up <laughs> but then they got back together 
Huh? Yeah, it's, it's a whole saga. Um, in fact, yeah, I feel like we should talk about that more. But Devon, just very briefly. So your parents saw all that thing that's happening to you and this solution was a holiday in Devon. Let's go to Devon. And Devon's just where it's just full of farms and I don't <laughs> like farming anyway. And like, it's so dull. It's It's got, it pretends it's a holiday destination, but it's not warm. It's not hot. It, it's got like, there's no culture. The only culture they've got there is in yogurt. And I hate yogurt. And like... <laughs> Cream, cre apparently they're famous for like having really wonderful cream and I'm allergic to that. Um, It's full of green, like there's no var variety of colour. It's just green, green hills, green fields. And it's just so frustrating. And we went there and I was apparently like, I was given my independence by having my own room. And I was like, but I'm, I'm miserable. I'm depressed. I'm on Prozac and I'm surrounded by the most infuriatingly floral bedspread I'd ever seen. So... Even though I was on Prozac and I felt very little because of the Prozac, like I still really was furious about Devon. You so. were too, you were small, but you were still too big a deal for Devon. Yeah, like, yeah. In a way, I think you should love Devon because you said you couldn't feel anything. You clearly felt a lot of rage for that destination. So and maybe it's a love-hate relationship. Maybe I'll fall in love with it in my later life. The last, but so I've been in hospital five times for mental health conditions and the last hospital was actually in Devon. So like, I think that might have done it for me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot to unpack there but um this is comedy arcade not therapy arcade so um <laughs> devon though is uh it's it's i just don't understand it i don't understand why anybody goes there fuck you devon uh, <laughs> yeah. anyone else i don't know if that's an unpopular opinion i too had a boring holiday in devon as a teenager i had no excuses for it either it was just shit but um does I've anyone never, have i don't think i've ever been yeah. there What's what? What's the what's the biggest city in Devon? Is is Devon a region or is it a? Explain region. it to our American friends. <laughs> it's a region, and it has the nerve to say, "Isn't Torquay in Devon?" And Torquay is meant to be the English Riviera. That shit. It's I will just... say, yeah, uncom you know, unpopular opinions. I just can't get behind a British beach. So maybe we're sort of on the same. I, feel I know if I were to get out to Cornwall, I'd be like, "Oh, the cliffs," but. It's uh, if you, I think if you grow up with the idea that like you see a beach and of course you get in the water, some of the cold, the cold of the British beaches, I can't quite like to walk, you know, I, I don't know. But I, mean, I just I want you to feel like you're not alone. In Thank you. It's a betrayal. I feel like it's a betrayal. Like the beach is meant to be yeah, hot yeah, and you go out there and it's like, this isn't warm. This is fucking freezing. Why am I wearing a, a bikini? A bait and switch. Yeah, a bait and switch. Thank you. R rugged Ruggedness when it comes to beaches is definitely overrated. Yeah. I want heat. Yes. Yeah. I don't want stones yeah. or pebbles. Vixen, you a lot of people feel this way, but but no one feels no one's talking about it. Say it until it's presented on popular opinion. But, it, but this is a secretly popular opinion, then, so it's, it doesn't really qualify. So I'm oh. not going to award any points for that. But so, thank you for giving me the chance to to vent there. That unload. Was it's okay. So therapeutic. Yeah, we all got something from that. Sarah, any other? I, I feel like you've you... got unpopular opinions. I don't want to prejudge you. Frankly, but... some of my genuinely unpopular opinions, I don't know that I would share. But I think that um, I was thinking today about how I, this is the ugliest possible way to say this, but I would say that I pity, that's the verb I'll go with, I pity people who run marathons. <laughs> No part of me would ever go, oh my God, you're amazing. <laughs> I'm basically like, get a job. 
<laughs> and that's not real because I know plenty of people with impressive jobs that still run, you know, who are into that kind of thing. But I just, I feel it exclusively. This is based on nothing. It, it, it exclusively is motivated by something sad in that person. <laughs> that's the thing I think I'm not saying it's right I'm sure you can and I think like like in other words I have a friend who's a recovered addict and the way that she has handled herself in recovery that is brilliant is by getting really into physical fitness so she used to do coke and now she does marathons and that's beautiful that is part of a recovery story my husband is a recovered alcoholic I would love if his new addiction was running instead of eating do you know what I mean like so I believe in it but I'm saying it's part of of a journey that involves a darkness somewhere. What you are you running from? Crazy long distance running because your childhood was flawless <laughs> and your adulthood is really fulfilling you. That's not happening. So that's the thing I think that I don't think a lot of people think. And then also I, I think that I, I'm super, this isn't, you know, I'm not comfortable with these opinions, but they knock around. I'm very judgmental of, Juliet, are you married? No. And, and Vic, <laughs> you Are you married or are you partnered? Married, yeah. Did you change your name? No. Yeah, see, neither did I. And what we're supposed to say as feminists is like, well, then that's fine. Like, we didn't, but women can. It's just women choose. And I'm like, yeah, but the better women choose not to. Sorry. Sorry. But I'm I mother in law won't accept it. She's still right. The writes, second I know this your name, I'm like, oh, okay, you're a different kind of person to me. And I consider you lesser. And that's fucked up. And I, if I was more evolved as a woman, like, what am I better than Michelle Obama? No, <laughs> she changed her name. So I don't know what I'm talking about, but I will, when it's women very much of our age, I'm probably older than everyone here, but you know what I mean? Like somewhat younger in the marriage realm, I go, ladies, it's 2021. What? But you can't express that. David, are you married? I am. Yeah. Yeah. She took your name, didn't she? She took she your name. Did. Oh, yeah, she did. There was a vibe, wasn't I knew that was going to happen. And listen, that's beautiful. And for all I know, because the thing you hear a lot is women had fucked up. Uh, I've had several conversations with friends who have very loaded relationships to their maiden name and or their dads. And it's a way of like embracing this family that they chose for themselves. And that there is beauty. Creating a new um, it's, it's really interesting though we've we've never we we haven't kind of reassessed it we um I asked her when we were engaged and she was like yeah of course but now in hindsight we've ne- I've like in fact I'm going to ask her tonight I'm going to say how, how did you feel now that you've what do you think now because so much has changed in the nine ten years since we got married it'd be a it's well, a really uh conversation to 37. You look so young. You're 37. Like I, it didn't occur to me. I have a child and it didn't occur to either my husband or I to give our son my last name. And I was like, how did it not even occur to us to at least ask the question about this ultimately sort of very patriarchal thing? And we just didn't. And you know, that's it's these differing levels of like, gosh, we just didn't thing i was i was engaged to get married um a couple of years ago and instead we ended it because um we thought we'd choose a different a different the untrodden path uh and we're now we're now best friends here 
Uh, which t it took a lot of effort like it wasn't easy so like we had to become like the new Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin of a conscious uncoupling although we are we are a lot less annoying I hope how much um, money was spent before you made that unconscious uncoupling decision <laughs> just interested uh, so I I'd already bought the wedding dress it was in a sale but it was still it was like it was it was a it was the most expensive item of clothing i'd ever ever bought wow. uh, that's that's now boxed up and just sitting in a storage unit somewhere uh so um i was really upset about that but if you're more upset here's a top tip if you're more upset about uh the wedding dress than about your ex-fiance then that probably tells you that it was the right thing to do good sign uh, we, he, he and I had gone halves on an engagement ring, which I still have as well. Um, but I just like, I, ha I don't know what to do with it. Cause it's like, I've taken it to a couple of jewelry stores and they've kind of taken a look at it and like no shade on him. Cause I went halves on it, but like, they've kind of gone, not really worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't like pass it on to someone else. It's a bit of a cursed item, isn't it? That's <laughs> I know. But then also like, it was a lovely part of our lives and uh, yeah, we are, we are very, very, uh, like we're really good friends now. We're total best friends. Uh, he was the first person I, I saw when we were allowed to have like socially distanced walks and stuff. And, um, we've, yeah, we've, we've worked really hard at it. As I say, like uh, Gwyneth Mal uh, Paltrow and Chris Martin, although I'm not selling any candle based merchandise as well. Good. That was going to be my <laughs> next yes. question. Yeah. Not yet. yet. Yeah. We've got a few weeks left before lockdown's over. There's still time. But the name thing we were talking about, like smushing our names together to kind yes. of come up with a new name mm -hmm. um, or just changing our names both, like both of us completely starting afresh yeah. with a brand new name. Bowie. Yes. Oh, like, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, God, I hadn't even thought of that. That's so much better than the things we came up with. And they're like, and people can be like any relation and you can look off into middle distance. Like, I don't want to talk about that. That would be great. Oh, okay, right. Next time I fall in love and it happens again. Right, Bowie. That's, that's the plan, Bowie. Bowie. Right, okay, cool. Um, right, next category. Worst jobs. Double or nothing. Oh, all right. Ooh, this is big. This is big it. talk. Come on then, David Finn. Let's have it. And I wanted to do double or nothing because I wanted you to know that I read the rules. You are the first person <laughs> in the history of the game to... <laughs> Is the most don't you find that the most likable aspect in somebody? I oh my god, yeah, my heart. It's like there's no denying excellence and kindness in someone who reads rules. It's considerate, <laughs> isn't it? So thoughtful and kind. Okay, all right. Yeah, but yeah, you see me kind of when I'm being hard done by when other people aren't following rules, and my petulance more than makes up for the same. For the, same. Yeah. yeah. Um, so mine was, I had, when I was at sixth form, actually, Vix, I had a string of jobs that were uh, kind of one led into the other. So, so one was, I was working at Burger King by Cardiff Castle for three pounds an hour. And I was there for a week. And then one night the, the manager came and I was making whoppers and he, um, he was like, right, you're on DA tonight. I was like, what's that? And it was the dining area. So basically I had to stand upstairs, clear the tables, wipe the tables. And he came up after about an hour and he was like, you haven't done the toilets. And I was like, <gasps> That's not the dining like, area. Oh, the dining area includes, he was like, it includes doing the toilets. And I was like, oh, okay. And this was Friday night. It was like 11 PM. And I went into the toilets and it was like, it was like the scene that greeted me when I opened the cubicle was like a, a pooey Caligula. Oh, it was no. <laughs> oh, no. everywhere. 
Oh, you poor it baby. It was everywhere. It was, it was, and it's the only job where I've had the balls to, and I, I weighed up the three pounds an hour plus paying tax on that probably <laughs> compared to like weighing up the balance of three pound an hour versus the cleaning up the shit. Even though you get a free Whopper, it's still not worth it. So I said to him, I'm done. I quit. And I walked out. <laughs> um, oh, yes. That led into me working at Legal in General, which is a pensions company, and being completely out of my depth as a 16-year-old and not caring at all. Um, so when people would call and I didn't understand a question, and these are people dealing with their pensions, I would just go, zap, 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 and hang up because then they'd go through to a, co a colleague of mine. <laughs> a competent person. I mean, um, I would argue you were doing them a favour because I wouldn't have wanted to take pension advice from you. That's what I thought. <laughs> I, How long was that racket going on? I, I was there for about two or three years because my team leader, I got on really well with my team leader and she really liked me. So she was always like, oh, whatever, just okay. Um, but then I was part of, um, I used to do extra work when I was at sixth form because I was a theatre nerd. and I. I used to like to do some extra work on the side. And one day I got a call from the agency and they said, we've got a bit of an unusual job for you. And I was like, okay. And they basically asked me to go and work in a warehouse and find out, because there was someone there stealing the stock from this warehouse. And it was a well-known chain of um, clothes, clothes shops. And they wanted me to find out the person that was stealing them. This is oh, amazing. God. You're like James Bond. Or Joey from Friends in the <laughs> restaurant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, James Bond, totally. <laughs> so I, I ended up in Dunstable outside Luton, staying in a Holiday Inn, and I was 19, okay. staying in a Holiday Inn. Less James Bond. So not James Bond. And Dunstable, by the way. I'm sorry for anyone who lives in Dunstable, but that place, I would, I'd, I'd, I'd pick Devon over Dunstable any day. Um, <laughs> So I was, I was, I was working, I was working nights in this warehouse and I was looking around. I was like, I can't see anyone nicking anything. And I was just like, I'm doing 12 hour night shifts in a warehouse. This is just awful hard work. And that was the first week. And then I was supposed to be doing two weeks to find out who's doing it. And then on the last night of the first week, someone was like, oh, um, let's just call him Johnny. That wasn't his name. He was like, Johnny's back from holiday on Monday. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, all right, let's see what this character's like. This might be the culprit. Five minutes in, Johnny sat down and was like, what? I was like, yeah, how you doing? He was like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's pretty easy going in. And by the way, if you ever need anything and like any of the clothes, just let me know. I'll sort it out for you. I was like, oh, there we go. Found him. At the time, they were paying me like £150 a shift, which was more money than I could ever conceive oh, of earning yeah. in my life at that point. No, um, so compared yeah. to the three pounds toilet cleaning, I mean, what, like... what an ascension! <laughs> what, yeah, what a journey! What a journey! It, re I re it really wow. came good for me. Um, yeah. You're right, though, that was a good double or nothing play. Has anyone else had a bad job? Because if he wins the best of the category, he gets double points. Oh, so. god, all right, Juliet, do you want to see if you can? I'll, I'll give it a go and then I'll pass the baton over to you, uh, Sarah. I feel like I feel like we could do this, though. Yeah, I think we, we said it with so much respect and affection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with with all the respect and affection. But yeah. but yeah, OK, ready? Here we go. So 
Uh, I think that one of the worst jobs I've ever had is when I was 15 years old. I'm suddenly realizing that all my stories are from when I was 15 years old. Big time for you. It was a big time. Um, yeah. uh, I had a summer job working on a rat farm. Um, it was run by my brother-in-law's brother, who was a hunk of a man, and I had a massive crush on him, like really, oh, just dark-haired hunk. Um, and he, but he bred rodents to sell to pet shops. Um, but like some of them were cute, like chinchillas, but most of them were the baby rats that he bred um, to kill in a gas chamber to then be sent to the pet shops as snake food. So that made him a lot less sexy, I've got to say, him like being the rodent SS. Um, so, so I was working at this rodent farm, sweeping the floors, mucking out the, the mummies, giving birth to all the baby rats that were destined for the gas. gas. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. Um, and yeah, uh, it was a very confusing time having a crush on a guy that killed rats in this manner. Mass um, murderer of rats. Entirely. And I knew that like my family were like, oh, but maybe, maybe she and him could get together and they could have like, like Juliet and this, uh, this guy could, could like, cause that's the whole point in, in the farming world is like girls marry, marry other farmers. And then the farms, it was, it's very pride and prejudice, you know, but with like get, gassing rats. Um, so, uh, it, that was around the time that I also stopped eating red meat, uh, for obvious reasons as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and also stopped wanting to date farmers. So, uh, gave that up. Uh, so. So yeah, but even even working there at the end of that, I was like, right, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, I'm going to have to find another proper job. But that wasn't as bad as when I spent time working in a call centre. So, <laughs> so, so the rats may have been gassed in little chambers, but these little cubicles that I was in in, in the call centre were horrific because that was where my honesty and integrity and self-respect went to die. Um, it was awful. Like we were lying to people in America trying to sell them something that they didn't need. And it was all done by scripts, which is amazing considering that I do love theatre. You'd think I'd like to using a script, but it was just like, you know, when you just, you can't, you feel dirty because you know you're just lying to people on this on the phone right. about it was so horrible um so i was like no i promised myself i'm gonna quit this job which i did and i was like i've got to go into a job that i really really like uh so i tried journalism and uh that also wasn't filled <laughs> with integrity so <laughs> that was a misfire as well uh comedy comedy is where you can't bullshit anybody you got it the more truthful you are the more hard they'll laugh so. <laughs> Well, that was quite a journey, Sarah. <laughs> what a journey. I mean, such a different arena I'm about to occupy now. I, um, so when I was, I must've been like 23 and I tried stand up for a year before, before deciding to walk away from it. But in that year, at the end of the year, I got this job, um, doing stand up as part of, um, like a, like a Hindu, basically. So it was like a show for women out on Hindus. And it was oh, a no. strip show hosted by a drag queen with like a 10 minute stand up set from a female comedian. So basically it would be like drag queen, male stripper, male stripper, me, drag queen, male stripper, male stripper. And I, and it wasn't like I was good. I mean, I had no chops. I had no experience. You know, I was just awful. And I would go out after these two strippers 
which I say with respect, like those dudes could do their job. And then I come out with like terrible comedy and no stage presence being like, hey guys. And I would just straight up get booed off the stage. And it was so humiliating. And I understood it was funny. You know what I mean? You're like, this is sort of a life experience I'm having here. Right? <laughs> but but it was it was too um it was too painful in those 10 minutes. And I think that really is probably the worst job I've ever had. Was that was that here or in the States? It was in the States. So I did it for a year as like a 24-year-old in the States and then started it again. How do hens compare? Um, because I can imagine well, that is like hell on earth in the UK. What is that yes, like in the US? <laughs> but I don't I've not done too much in the way of stand-up gigs for Hindus over here. I don't think. I it know was, what I'm like the, the, when the, I'm the, drunk the, on a Hindu and I would not want me in the audience. Well, you probably would if it was a strip show, because that's kind of the energy that you want. It was also like I've never been in that environment since then. And it was so like I was just such a disappointment to those women. So would it be, <laughs> would it be multiple groups? Yeah, multiple groups. Like a brunch. And interestingly, I say, but I would, it, I would be backstage with the male strippers. And it was like, that was interesting. Like they, they were very specific about what oils they would use to sort of oil themselves. And like, a, they absolutely had penis pumps and they would like put their penises into these things that would make them obviously erect, but sort of like very, very, I guess not like boner erect, but like a very full peen. What an experience! Like a boner that they could dance with. It was very interesting. I I don't. I feel like uh, this is a whole area that I've I don't know enough about. Um, I don't know enough about it, you know. But that was my little opening. Oh, that's what I'm going to be googling. Um, You should also. I recommend to everyone here one of my favorite films of all time. Genuinely, like where I go is my happy place. Is Magic Mike. Two double XL. Oh yeah, such a good film, and I love watching those guys dance. And the best part of that film is Jada Pinkett Smith as this woman who runs like a strip club for women, like where women should come to see men dance. Oh my god, have you guys seen that film? Never. That that's this evening's viewing. How does it compare to Monty? uh, The full Monty. I've never seen the full Monty, but can I say something? Can I say something controversial? Go on. It's like, I know, and I'm basing this on like Drag Race UK versus Drag Race US, is right now, I feel, are you guys watching the current season of Drag Race? Oh, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. And it makes me very proud to live here. It's like, I really feel that it's showcasing British drag in this incredible yes. light and being like, this is what British culture offers in terms of like, it's just funnier. It's just more self-effacing. They sing live. It's old school. Yeah, cam. It's, it's yeah. just, there's this, this grit to it that the US doesn't have. But sometimes on the other side, I feel that certain aspects of U.S. culture serve a kind of like razzle dazzle showbiz polish that the U.K. doesn't quite compete with. And I really feel that that's true in Magic Mike Double XL. It's like this shit is so cheesy and like irony free. And that's what I want. And I know that the full Monty would give me that more British experience. And I'm yeah. not sure I want it on this. You'd feel, you'd feel things. And that's I'd not what things. you're looking for. You couldn't, you couldn't be more right yeah. about that, about the difference between Magic Mike and yeah, the full Monty. Course. The full Monty is not razzle dazzle in yeah. any way. A lovely There's film, a whole podcast in comparing yeah, the two. It really is. And I'm, not like, I'm not watching it to get, like my husband was like, do you watch this to get turned on? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <But it's laughs> so 
fun and exuberant. And again, you guys, I am telling you, Jada Pinkett Smith is one of the great film performances of all time. It's so funny and it doesn't mean to be. And it's just, it's just spectacular. P.S. I could play, I could play the part. I'll say that. I, ha I have to say though, the, the trailer for Magic Mike Double XL, um, my wife and her best friend, when it came out, started watching it. And I was like, I'm right Joe Manginillo like, in the no. supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or yeah. just Channing Tatum in that workshop, doing just doing that solo yeah. dance in the workshop. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. It's not Thirsty Arcade either. And um, we, have <laughs> we have reached the end of the, <laughs> of the podcast. Um, what I'm um, adding at the points, it won't take long. Uh, we'll, start with, <laughs> we'll start with Sarah. Where can we find you um, outside of this um, arena? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Sarah Barron, S-A-R-A-B-A-R-R-O-N, and on Instagram at Sarah Barron, same spelling, one million. That's it, right? You're a million dollar woman. No, it was such a bad mistake because it's like people can't figure out how many zeros are in a million. It was a, a bad choice, but whatever. It's true. I, I frequently get it wrong. And Juliet, where can we find you out in the real world? Uh, well, in the real world, probably in a pub when they open, but um, on tw Twitter, uh, I'm at Juliet Burton, uh, J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E-B-U-R-T-O-N, uh, because my mother uh, decided that she wanted the French version of Romeo and Juliet, uh, which is a lot like the British version, except that nobody dies due to a poisoning uh, because the apothecary was closed due to the three-day working week. Um, and there's never any pencils or hats with your name on it. Never. In Devon. It, yeah, that exactly that. Not even like a little sticker with my name for my front door or anything no key rings i'm so furious anyway go away devon um <laughs> uh twitter so twitter follow me on twitter uh at juliet burton uh, unless you're from devon uh no you actually do convince me i'm wrong if you're from devon and devon's lovely on uh instagram i'm juliet underscore burton uh and it's juliet burton writer performer on facebook website's julietburton.co.uk and i'm even on twitch now i'm doing twitch.tv forward slash juliet burton that's a joy. What are you doing on there? I... <laughs> uh, for a while, I was uh, messing up my technology um, and like getting really like I cried my first stream. I just started crying and I was like, "This is what the public want." It is. Um... It's very entertaining <laughs> to see people break down. Uh, uh, that's like, what then... I watch. I figured it out and I can now, I am now gaming quite a lot on there, but then I'm also, I'm, what I'm enjoying the most is just chatting and doing like uh, imp improv comedy and chatting and, and doing new materials, like writing new material and saying, hey guys, I've got a bit of new material, what do you think? And then finding that it's back, it's like being back on stage and you're just kind of, your, fun the, your funniest stuff comes out when I'm just not stressing it's really lovely audience there that sounds like so much better than going to random open mics i did one last night where there was an american on no disrespect for sarah but who was just feeding back immediately after every line of everybody's oh, no. set that's weird and it wasn't positive <laughs> hang on people are still heckling on yeah Zoom. that is to mad, your actual face because <laughs> you can see their face oh my God. <laughs> Anyway, David, where can we find you? What are you working on? Hi, I'm on uh, Twitter as David Finn, F-Y-N-N. -N, and I'm on Instagram as David Finn, just add an N. And anything of your oeuvre that yeah. you want to direct people to? Oh, um, I'm doing two jobs, two TV jobs coming up, but I can't, I don't know if I'm allowed to... S oh, The Mauritanian. I did a small part in The Mauritanian. Um, and I had a few scenes with Jodie <gasps> Foster, which was... Don't, it's unbelievable. And it's, I I lived in LA for, for a while. 
So you get used to seeing people around and you get very kind of numb to celebrities and stuff. It's just like, oh yeah, there's so-and-so. But when I work with people who I just really admire, I can, I can meet someone more famous and be cooler. But if I really admire them, I just shut down. I can't say anything articulate. I go to pieces. And I sat, like between scenes, I sat in a room with her and I was like, think of something, anything to say. Think of anything. And I couldn't. I couldn't say I mean, anything. I, I, I feel your pain because I feel the same way about people that I respect and admire. But I've managed to get through this with you and Vix. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> I thought I wasn't going to be able to do it, but I have. So I've closed the book on points. It's too late. It's too... Um, well, it was a good play on the double or nothing, Dave, because you ran away with scoring. Oh, well done. That is that is a good play. In, in, in hindsight, I kind of um, I, I'm not sure if I if I warranted earning the extra points because I technically did talk about three jobs. So we keep it broad for that reason. Is that cheating? So. Juliet tabled go. a few. There was a chain, but there were a I few did. irrational dislikes in there as well. So we, yeah. we will allow it. I Considering should. I forgot to bring the ball, I'm not going to judge anyone. Oh, no, I just I was telling you to what take points it? and run with it. Like, yeah, take points. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> I, I, on, on irrational dislikes, I nearly launched into um, my irrational hatred of The Rock's Instagram account. Um, but I'm glad I didn't go into yeah. it. I mean, I'm not. But, you know, you've got to hold something back so you come again, haven't you? So that's fine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah thank you all for playing this has been an absolute joy very educational very <laughs> a lot of ways i can't wait to hear feedback from people from devon who listen <laughs> oh no <laughs> sometimes it's really hard to pick the bits that are going to make trailers but sometimes no. they just serve themselves up to you <laughs> i'm never going to get booked in devon ever again <laughs> Um, no, I would love to be proved wrong about Devon. Please tell me that Devon is lovely. Please. There we go. It's over to the audience to tweet Juliet. She spells out <laughs> a name for you. Let her know why Devon is good. And um, CC me in because I don't like it either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this has been a joy. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You are now all free to go. Thanks for listening to the Comedy Arcade. There'll be a new episode next Thursday with new balls and new guests. If you liked it, like us any way you can and subscribe and tell all your friends. Also, tell us. We're in all the usual places on all the social media. And if you didn't, this is Pappy's Flatshire that won the award that Comedy Arcade was also up for at Leicester Comedy Festival and we're totally fine with it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.